Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. The guy popped up, flipped my father-in-law, what he said was about 12 feet in the air. He said when he landed, he broke his leg, and all the other guys scattered. And this guy, he said he was making growling noises. His face looked ugly. And he said, and he leaped from the ground up onto the roof of his house. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, Dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Welcome to members episode 443, Weird West Texas. We have Pete coming on today and he brings the heat. He has so many different stories from West Texas have been told to him that he's been through. Pete is a retired lieutenant police officer, and he talks about people sharing stories with him on the force, but also family stories, people encountering Medusa-like entities, skinwalkers, giant birds, men in black, shadow men type entities that beat people up, werewolf demonically possessed people. This is a great show. And of course, what would be a great show without some Bigfoot activity in West Texas? So let's get to Pete and his crazy wild stories from West Texas right now. All right, today we got Pete on the show. Pete, what's going on, man? Hey, Tony, how you doing? Doing good, man. So, uh, Pete, you and I met each other in Texas and you were trying to get me to move to Texas. Were you successful? Yeah, we were trying to get you to move over here when, yeah. when y'all came for that conference back on May 11th, 2019. 
my boys and I went and tried to convince you to leave Pennsylvania and move over here. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, if I knew it was coming around a quarter in 2020, I might have moved to Texas. That's for sure. <laughs> like, like <laughs> half of California. Right. So, uh, yeah. but, um, I am, I am thinking about moving out of Pennsylvania though. Uh, but you and I were talking about Tennessee and Tennessee's kind of high on my list right now. And uh, if it was just me though, honestly, if it was just me and I didn't have my family, my destination would be South Dakota because, uh, it, it's no state income taxes. And that's something that I'm looking for. And also there's nobody there. And I like that, you know, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the whole state has less than a million people in it. That's amazing. Wow. Like, like I was looking at the stats of it and the state of South Dakota has just over 900,000 people. The county that I live in, in Pennsylvania has 850,000. And so wow. like, I'm thinking to myself, so I take the county that I live in and spread it throughout the entire state of South Dakota. I like that, you know, just a lot of leave me alone space. And that's what I need. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But uh, my wife does not want South Dakota in the snow. So we're looking at Tennessee and the beautiful smoky, smoky mountains. But uh, anyways, we're here to talk about you, Pete. So let's do it. Uh, okay. So Pete, you have, you emailed me, I think it was the, the title of the email was uh, Weird Western Texas, I think you said. Uh, yes, or Weird West Texas. Weird West Texas. And in that email, you had a ton of different experiences between you and your brothers, your father-in-law, mom and dad, lots of different stuff. So we're going to start off today with uh, you and your brothers, your experiences. So take it away. Share with us some of the things that you personally and your brothers went through. Okay. Um, we had a lot of experiences <clears throat> in our house growing up. And um, what I noticed was a lot of the worst ones were when my brothers, my two younger brothers and I were being disobedient to something that my parents told us. Um, as an example, I remember that we all shared a room and we all three slept in this big king size bed. And I remember we were cutting up in bed laughing on a school night. And my mom had told us to to go to sleep, but we just ignored her and kept laughing and and joking. And we would have uh, now they call it roasting, but back then we called it cut down contest. <laughs> yeah, and so me and my brother would go back and forth, and my middle brother wasn't good at coming up with any, but he would just laugh. He was entertained by both of us, and uh, of course, me being older, uh, I usually slammed him pretty good. So we kept on. And then one night, well, that one night when she told us that, we kept laughing. She finally came over there and said, y'all better go to sleep or los, los va a agarrar la mano peluda. Now that's Spanish and it means the hairy hand is going to get you. And of course, we started laughing and we changed it from la mano peluda, which is the hairy hand, to la mano pelona, which is the bald hand. So there was, that was our way of mocking it. So she went back to bed and then, of course, we continued to cut up and laugh. And the, of course, it was in the dark. And I literally felt an arm reach across the bottom of my legs. 
it reached all the way across my middle brother that was laying in the middle. And it ended up pinching my youngest brother on the lower part of the leg. And I mean, I clearly felt this arm. Now, I can't say that it was hairy, but it was clearly an arm that came off the side of the bed and reached over. So at this point, I thought it was my mom because she was kind of a practical joker to try and scare us. I thought she was down on the floor and had reached up to do that. So then what happened is I thought, well, I'm going to jump up and start stomping on the floor. And if she's there, then she's going to get trampled. And of course, I stomped across the room in the dark. She wasn't there. My, my brothers were close on my tail. We hauled butt down the hallway. We got over to my parents' room, flipped on the lights. They're both in bed under the blankets. So at that point, uh, we refused to go back in the room and go to bed. And then we said, can we lay down with y'all? And they're like, no. She said, no, you can't. So she made my dad go over there and uh, grab that mattress and drag it down the hall. Uh, and he laid it there on the on the floor next to their bed. And that's where we slept. But you see, I, I've come to the conclusion, just my opinion, me and my youngest brother, we've talked about this. We feel that when parents make a threat like that, if you don't go to sleep, this is going to get you. The boogeyman's going to get you or whatever they say. You know, in Spanish, they call it el cucuy, which is the boogeyman in Spanish. I feel like when parents make those kind of threats, if the kids end up being disobedient, I think it gives these entities kind of like permission to do something to you. At least that's the conclusion we've come to. Because we had another incident. We didn't celebrate Christmas growing up. But we had one aunt that would always give us a, buy us a gift of some kind or another, I guess, so we wouldn't feel left out or something. And I remember one Christmas, she bought us a Monopoly game. And uh, we got so, <laughs> we got so addicted and hooked to that Monopoly game that we would play it nonstop during Christmas break. Now, I remember we would leave the game if it was time to go to church and we'd come back from church and we're back to playing the game. Well, it was finally time to go back to school. Christmas break was over. Now it's a school night. And my parents told us to put your game up, go to bed. It's a school night. And we're like, oh, come on. And they're like, nope, school night, put it up. So we did. We waited till they went to bed. And uh, we pulled the board back out. We went into the bathroom turned on the light, set it on the toilet, opened it up. One of us sat on the bathtub, another one on the floor, one on this side. We start playing our game. And then next thing you know, through the door, we hear my middle brother's name get whispered. All we heard was Abel. His name was Abel. And we all looked at each other. We made eye contact with each other like, did you hear that? But we didn't say anything. It was strictly on eye contact. So at that point, I was closest to the sink by the door. I thought, that's my mom. So I tried to kick the door as hard as I could, and it flew open, and I thought my mom was going to be on the other side, but she wasn't. And once again, down the hall, and they're in bed. And once again, we were being disobedient when that happened. So I think that kind of, when parents issue those threats, in my opinion, I think, I don't think they're doing it on purpose. I think they inadvertently are allow these things to 
to manifest or act out because the kid, you know, if the kid's being disobedient, I think it kind of like gives them permission in a way, or at least that's what I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, that's an interesting uh, theory. I mean, I've never heard anybody suggest that before, but uh, I'd be interested to see if there's patterns that develop with that theory, you know, outside of your life, you know? Yeah. I'll tell you what, when my boys don't listen, I, uh, I never make those kind of threats because of my own experiences with me and my brothers growing up. And, uh, so, <clears throat> you know, some, you know, a lot of times kids aren't going to listen to you. If I tell them to go to bed, I'm, sometimes I'll give them a specific time, but otherwise if it's like the weekend, I'll just tell them not to stay up too late, but I'm real careful not to make those kind of threats for the simple fact that I, I don't want anything to happen to them. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't foresee me saying those kind of things just because I believe this stuff is real. So like, right. you know, I, I don't think I'm going to tell my kids that something's going to get them because I'm like, yeah, maybe it will, you know, uh, maybe it will. Probably one of the, the last uh, experiences I'd had in that same house that we grew up in, the, I just got my driver's license. I turned 16 and my mom and dad had already left for work that morning. And my brothers had already left. Also, they, they continued to ride the bus. And I was well, going to be the last one out of the house headed to school. And I was washing my face in the bathroom sink, get ready to walk out. And when I tried to, to stand back up from leaning over from washing my face, I felt a uh, like a severe tightness in my chest. And I felt like something was pulling me back down, but there was nothing there. There was nothing I could see. It was nothing visible. And my immediate thought was I'm having a heart attack, but you know, I was a pretty healthy guy and I played football. I was in good shape. And I thought, well, it can't be a heart attack. I'm 16. Most 16 year olds don't have heart attacks, but, it, but I felt compelled to be pulled bent back over towards the sink. And the, the, the pain in the chest would ease. It felt like something had grabbed a hold or dug into me and was pulling me forward. And then I tried to stand back up, back straight up, and it would the, the pain was immense. I couldn't stand it. It pulled me back down. At that point, and here's the other thing, too. I had already been baptized. I had already been saved. I was Christian. So my next thought was, what if this is some kind of a possession attempt? But I thought I'm baptized. I, you know, I didn't think it was possible for something to try and possess me. But anyway, the pain was so intense that it pulled me back down. And I, I, finished, I, I, I gave up on trying to stand straight up. I walked out of the bathroom, bent over, walking hunched over, leaning forward, grabbed the car keys, went out the front door. I had to lock the front door, bent over. And then thinking the neighbors are watching, I try to stand back straight up on the porch. And once again, there it is. It's pulling me down and it, it's hurting. So I'm thinking this can't be a heart attack. That's too strange. So I walk down the porch through, across the yard to my car. I get in. And even once I sat down in the car, I could not lean all the way back up against the back of the seat. I felt like I was pulled forward towards the steering wheel and I was going to go pick up a friend of mine and give him a ride to school. And he lived about 14 blocks away. 
So I'm driving down the road towards his house. I'm still hunched over. I'm hunched over. I'm looking between the dash and the This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.